Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm your host, Mike Broadbent. Joining me once again is my co-host, Richie Schneiderite. Uh, we've got a few things to talk about today. Uh, both both coordinators and Greg Schiano had extensions announced yesterday. Uh, Greg Schiano had a presser today to talk about the bowl and also hit on some portal stuff. And we're going to talk transfer portal because we got some fairly big news um, Ooh, that big we news. are excited to dive right into. Uh, but first, Greg Schiano, Joe Harrisiniak, the defensive coordinator, and... Kirk Soraka, the offense coordinator, all had extensions announced yesterday. Greg Schiano's mm-hmm. extension will run through 2030. Uh, Kirk Soraka's will run through 2027. And Joe Harris-Simiak's will also run through 2027. Uh, talk about just how big of a deal it is getting all three of these contract extensions done, uh, both for the recruiting aspect of things and for the stability of the program. Uh, yeah, I think Schiano's, just to start with, um, as the head coach, you need your contract to be extended past the uh, current recruiting class that you're recruiting because you want to tell them that you're going to be here and prove that you're going to be here. Um, so Rutgers has made that commitment to him. He was also dead last in the big 10 in terms of salary previously at 4 million a year. Now he's going to go up to six and a half million. I think it was, or 6.25. Uh, I think I think yeah, 6.25. I think it was to start. And I think eventually uh, I forget the exact number. I think he caps out at over seven. And on top of that, if you read his contract, there's no salary pool whatsoever. Like there was a dedicated amount in his previous contract in 2019 for for a salary pool. I know Chris Ash had a salary pool on his contract. There's no designated amount for a salary pool. So this man's going to be able to have the full backing, full investment from Rutgers University to build this program back up and build it back to where it was previously under his regime. But huge for him. Um, Also, it's uh, seven years from this season. So if you do the math, he'll be 64 which is essentially guaranteeing that he's pretty much the coach for life until he's done. And uh, Pat Hobbs said that to us too. So it's not too surprising. That's something he alluded to in his presser today. I think he said something along the lines of like, if I hadn't made a boneheaded mistake and left the Mm -hmm. first time I'd, you know, we'd be in a much different situation, a much better situation. Um, But, you know, he's thankful to have this second opportunity and you know, this is the last stop for me. Yeah. So He's not going anywhere. I don't think really any job could pull him from this at this point. I think this is like kind of a legacy thing for him to mm-hmm. to get this to get Rutgers to where he envisions them to go. Yeah. Um, but real quick, that being said, there's some fucking weirdos out there that are like, "Are you kidding me? You just extended a 500 coach, and it's like, dude, no one else in history has even gotten him to 500. So that's a accomplishment in its own right. I know it's it's insane, like. Chiano seems to be the only coach that Rutgers could attain that has any chance of uh, of making Rutgers better than ex- expectations nationally. So yeah. I, I'm 100% behind Chiano. I think he's the right guy, and I think he has learned a lot um, from his first tenure and even from his first couple years at Rutgers the second mm-hmm. time around. So uh, I think he's more flexible than he used to be. Yeah, um, a lot of bozos out there. I, I do have like kind of a caveat to the the whole assistant pool thing it seems like that's just the floor and 
I agree that it's not really as harped on as much because in the SEC and the Big Ten now, you have so much more money, and so money is mm-hmm. kind of no object. Yeah. Um, like we're already, we we had to pay Sean Gleason this year a million dollars, and we got <laughs> we got Kirk Soraka for one point four this year. So I think the the was pool <laughs> stuff was kind of out the window for a while. You know, Harris yeah. making over a million. Um, and then you have a, a bunch of assistants who are making a good amount too. And Flaherty and Brock, like if you look at all the contracts of the guys that they got this off season, uh, it's a, it's a lot of money and it's definitely more than the Shiano assistant pool that he had in his original contract. And now that's not there anymore. So it's kind of yeah. whatever we can get. Um, well, let's kind of pivot to the, the, the presser. So he kind of touched on some of the, the things we already talked about in his presser. Uh, what were some other things that he talked about today? in his presser uh, in preparation for the bowl? I'd say, hold on, preparation for the bowl. Let's, let's start there instead. Um, I thought it was interesting. He didn't really comment if Max was, he said Max, is, Max Melton's going to make his own decision on if he's going to play in the bowl game or not. I think we all just kind of assumed when he declared for the draft, that was it, like he's done. The fact that he's saying it like that gives me a little bit of hope that he might be able to play. And if you have your top corner out there, I mean, that, that's huge in, in its own right. Uh, especially given a team that doesn't have quarterback one, doesn't have quarterback two, and is down to quarterback three in Miami. So um, I think that's huge. I found it interesting, too, that he... Well, uh, one more one more caveat on Max Melton. He said that Max has been playing this year with a broken hand. Yeah, that's and what so, I was going to bring up. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. <laughs> you're fine. Uh, yeah, he played. He started the season with a broken hand, and I did question it a little bit because it's like if, if your top corner's got a broken hand, maybe, I don't know, play, play the backup, let the guy heal. But um, it, he did bring up a good point. It, it's in, For as aggressive as Max is, he has that type of cornerback style, like a, like a Bland or like a Travion Diggs who's just super aggressive and he's either going to get the pick or he's going to get a touchdown and giving up on him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he can't do those like those type of things. You can't press at the line as a corner with, with one hand, especially if the other one's broken, like obviously. Um, so yeah, definitely hurts him in terms of technique and stuff like that. And his aggressiveness was a little bit gone, but then all of a sudden in mid season, when he started to heal more and more, you kind of started to see the, the real max mountain stood up, I guess. Um, yep. so yeah, I thought that was, uh, probably the most notable thing from the presser. Yeah. Uh, there was a few questions, um, from different people regarding, uh, I thought you had a good question. It was basically, how do you balance both? Mm-hmm preparing for a bowl, evaluating in the transfer portal, having people visit and wrapping up your high school recruiting class, which signing day is less than a week away. Um, Just trying to balance that. And I thought he gave a pretty good answer. What what did you say when you asked him that? Well, I mean, for starters, I thought it was interesting because he's never had to do all this before because the transfer portal has never been this crazy. He's never had his last bowl game was in 2019 and they had what a week and it was past. I think it was already past signing day actually at that point. Yep. Um, so yeah, that that was just craziness in its own right. And then this is just a complete shit show. Like you see him traveling, he's going to Florida for in homes, he's doing this at an in home. Then you got to recruit the transfer portal guy that they hosted on Monday, and then you got to go re- recruit who's coming this weekend and go do this and go do that. He kind of mentioned that he loves it, which which I mean, based on the guy, based on the guy's work ethic, it's not too shocking. And based on the hours, if he was if you were billing him hourly, I you're getting a hell of a lot more than six point two five million. <laughs> like the yeah. dude is just on the grind nonstop and, and you got to love that from him and love that attitude too. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was interesting to see, just kind of take me through Greg's weekly, uh, weekly life just to see how it's been over these past couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I, I forgot to mention going back to the bowl practices. He opened up by saying 
those first two weeks or first week and a half, whatever it was, were developmental practices where it's mostly the younger guys. Whereas now they're going to start focusing on Miami right now, uh, starting this upcoming week, which I just kind of found it a little bit intriguing. I know it's meant for the younger guys to build up and all, but like, hey, I still want to win this bowl game too. Yeah. There was some transfer portal stuff also asked, but I, I want to hit on everything else. What were some other things that, that were talked about in the presser that you uh, took away that you thought were interesting? Um, I don't even remember the questions, to be honest with you. And I was just there like a half hour ago. <laughs> and you just typed uh, it up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I just typed it up too. Hold on. I got I to gotta pop this open real quick. Um, He, he just kind of talked. I don't want to talk on the transfer portal stuff because that was the, the main questions for the most mm. part. But uh, I guess people just kind of were asking him, weird like he actually opened up by saying how um it's going over to driscoll bridge like going down to the jersey shore and that's how you know like you're on the journey there and that's how he built compared to season two and he admitted he's not a kate may guy because that would be the ending but in reality <laughs> he's a point pleasant guy and i was like I, I i get it but is he really though because i, I spot him at leg it's a couple times and that's not point pleasant buddy um <laughs> but regardless um yeah, there, there really wasn't like anything super significant, I feel like. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe correct me if I am, but I didn't think anything else was significant other than the, the quarterback talk. All right, so let's get into the portal. Obviously, we have Ethan Menace taking a visit this weekend with his brother. Mm-hmm. I think Brian Fonseca asked him directly. Yeah. You know, there's been reporting that a transfer portal uh, quarterback is visiting this weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, have you talked to Gavin about this, and how, how does this affect the quarterback room moving forward? Greg mm-hmm. gave the answer we thought he would, which was, you know, I can't talk about specific players, uh, but, you know, we're evaluating every position on the roster, blah, blah, blah. And then I think Ga- he asked specifically, like, have you talked to Gavin about this and mm-hmm. ha- how have you handled that situation? And he said, I'm going to keep that between him and I. I you know, trust yeah. is so important for interesting for the, for the program. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I thought that was also pretty interesting. Um, I can't imagine he's happy about it. Like. Oh, he's probably pissed. Yeah. <laughs> like you're bringing in transfer to visit. Mm-hmm. And then most likely, like we're, we're not playing dumb here. We're not playing Corey. He's going to commit. Like there's not yep. many programs that would take that duo. And it's Kirk's recruit from Minnesota. Yep. Lost his job. At Min- or, I don't know what the hell happened in Minnesota. That shit, that place is a shit show under Fleck. It seems like. Yeah. I mean, he well. had a much better freshman year, even though it was only five starts than he did sophomore year. And he wasn't, he wasn't great in terms of the accuracy department, but if you look at his deep ball numbers, they are very impressive. He did push the ball, and that's kind of the, the balance you need to take, whereas if you're super conservative and you never put the ball in harm's way, you're mm-hmm. not really going to ever have any big plays unless you have you know Debo Samuel, Brandon yeah. IU, George Kittle, and CMC out there as your, your skill position yak. players, yeah. <laughs> and everything's yak. Rutgers obviously doesn't have that kind of talent. And then you know if you put the ball, if you, you know go for it occasionally, Mm-hmm. And you hit it. Those are where you know winning plays are made in terms of you know deep balls. And we had a lot of big runs this year, both from Kyle Manungai and some from Gavin Wimsett. But it's much harder to consistently have big plays on the ground than it is through the air. And the additional factor of there's so many penalties now that are geared towards the passing game. And there's been so Check many times up. where Rutgers has had ticky tack, uh, either defensive holding. Or mm-hmm. you know, legal contact, pass interference, where you get that when you make those attempts downfield. And if you're yeah. not making those attempts downfield, you're not putting yourself in position to get you know big plays by catching it, big plays by penalties. Mm-hmm. So that being said, is he has a he's you know 50% adjusted completion percentage on deep balls this year, which is an improvement from 35% last year. 
I think a guy like him would totally transform the offense because I don't think his arm is any stronger or uh, they're about equal him and Gavin, but I think he uh, just pushes the ball more down the field. Whereas Gavin just, you know, throws fastballs to, to guys all over the field. Yeah. Um, that's not ignore the fact that he had a four, almost a 14% drop rate from his receiver core. <laughs> like, yeah. That's yeah, insane. The nice drop rate as well. Um, I mean, there are certain things that, and I wrote this all up on the site. So if you want to get a whole breakdown of, you know, statistically speaking, Gavin's performance and production versus Ethan's performance and production. Actually, uh, transformed that into an article the other day. I haven't posted it yet, but I got it ready to go. I was going to wait for Ethan um, to commit, you know? Yeah. So like I said, uh, Ethan has uh, a higher turnover worthy play percentage. Mm -hmm. Um, He takes more sacks. He has a higher pressure percentage. Uh, that is dedicated to the quarterback, which means he either um, moved into the pocket into pressure or he didn't see uh, you know, an edge rusher or something like that. So Gavin has better pocket presence, but pocket presence is kind of like, I, I, I compared it to like a batter who can identify pitches really well. So say I'm up to plate and I know each pitch, I could call it out, fastball, curveball, slider. That doesn't mean I can hit it. I can just say what it is. Now, if, if I can't hit the pitch, it's kind of pointless to know what the pitch is. And so Gavin's really good at identifying pressure, but if you don't have a completion or you don't scramble, you're not really doing much with the identification of pressure and avoiding it. Um, I also have to question the turnover-worthy plays thing for the sole fact that Gavin's balls are not even in like the vicinity of the DB. It's over both yeah, of them. That, that's fair. If you throw the ball 10 yards away or you know throw 10 yards out of bounds, you, it's hard to have a turnover-worthy play. You're, you're 100% yeah. right. So... Um, so anyway, so we know of Ethan and Dino Kaliak Manis taking visits <clears throat> this weekend. Yeah. The big news is the names that we are hearing are coming. Ooh. So I, 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 I will get to that, but you were hearing some good news around a portal guy who visited last weekend. Well, two days ago, two three days, days ago. ago, two days ago, three days so ago, this past whatever weekend. Tuesday was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Anthony Johnson, who is a defensive tackle from Youngstown State, yep. uh, he visited Rutgers, sounded like he had a great time. Um, you were hearing good things regarding a possible commitment to Rutgers. And then the big boys the showed big up. big boys started showing up. <laughs> so we got an offer from Texas A&M and Arkansas this afternoon. Uh, so just talk us through Anthony Johnson, what you're hearing and what you're hearing now. Yeah, so Anthony Johnson came on a midweek visit. I think it was either Monday or Tuesday. I forget exactly what day. Um, but he's a uh, Jeanette, Pennsylvania, which is a.k.a. Pittsburgh area um, native. But he played his senior year in Cleveland Heights, Ohio. Um, but, yeah, regardless, he came to campus, enjoyed his visit. It seems like it sounds like everything was going pretty well. Uh, that didn't sound really like he was too much of an NIL guy. Um, so that would have definitely helped, and, and he would have easily started for Rutgers because they need another defensive tackle um, to replace Aiton, replace Ahanatu. Like you, you have bodies that are just leaving now, significant players too. Uh, and it sounded like it went really well, but then Texas A&M offered this morning, and now Arkansas just offered, and it seems like a lot of other schools are just starting to see his tape and starting to be like, oh, shit, this kid's in the portal? Like, throw him an offer. Um, so we'll see what happens. It did sound like things were trending towards a commitment, I don't know if that's still the case anymore or not. We're kind of in like wait and see mode to see if he makes any other visit this weekend. If he doesn't, that dead period goes into effect on Monday and and that's it. Like you're probably going to either commit or you're going to wait all the way till like what January 5th, 4th, whatever it is. 
So I think as long as he doesn't take another visit, Rutgers is in a good spot. If he takes another visit, that's where things start to get eh, probably not so uh, not so good for the Scarlet Knights. So the crystal ball is cloudy on him right yes. now. All right, so that's just a name to monitor. Um, again, like Richie said, if he doesn't take any more visits, I would expect him to end mm-hmm. up as a Scarlet Knight. Um, but speaking of guys who have taken visits uh, and we might think end up Ooh. as Scarlet Knights, we've talked about where are the skill position players? Is you know yeah. we're losing, well, we're, sort of, sort of. We're, we're losing Jake Jaquay Jackson next year. We're losing Isaiah Washington next year. You know, mm-hmm. Ian Strong got some good time this year. We have a guy in Corey Duff coming in the off season. Chris and Dremel announced he's coming back, but we could still Huge. use a wide receiver one type player who's who has experience. And one of the guys I identified early on, this is a guy I identified even last year, who is a potential. You know, I, every year I have a thread where I identify guys I think Rutgers should look at if they do enter the portal. Last year was a, he was a guy I looked at. He never ended up in the portal, but this year he did. His name's Dimir Miller. He's a receiver out of Monmouth. He's from Coatesville, Pennsylvania. He's got one year of eligibility left. Coatesville, Pennsylvania should sound familiar to a lot of you guys because he went to the same high school as Aaron Jones and Avery, or sorry, Avery, Avery Young and Aaron Young. Uh, Aaron Young was in the same class as him. Uh, sounds like they're close. They played football together. They were on Coatesville's uh, state record setting four by 100 team. Um, this is a guy who led Monmouth in receiving last year. I think he had around 890 receiving yards last year. This season, though, dude went supernova. He led Crazy. the FCS in receiving yards. He had 90 catches for like 1,300 yards and nine touchdowns. He had the single game record on the season for receiving yards. He had 333 yards against uh, New Hampshire. New Hampshire's a damn good FCS team, too. So that's not, it's not like well, he's Rucker, playing. Rutgers fans know. <laughs> Rutgers fans should know. It's not like they were playing a D3 school and he just lit him up. This is a legit performance by him. Uh, he's got legit track speed. He's six foot tall. I think he's listed at 180 pounds. Um, he's coming on a visit this weekend. Rutgers has already offered him. He visited Huge. Texas Tech last weekend, walked away, didn't commit. But we're hearing really good things about him. Rich, take it away. I gave you the, the floor. I gave you everybody's background. Was... <laughs> Pretty much it. That was uh, that was great. Uh, I don't need to really even say anything else on the kid, but uh, in terms of his recruitment, uh, you said it. He visited Texas Tech last weekend, um, but they got a commitment from Caleb Douglas, who's a uh, Florida transfer, I believe. Um, and on top of that, it sounded like he didn't really expect or see what he expected to see on the visit. AKA, he went there and he was like, holy shit, this is actually Texas. This is weird. I'm not playing here. Um, I'm a Jersey guy through and through. I'm going back to Jersey, and jokingly, but... Uh, yeah, in reality, he's going to visit Rutgers this weekend. It sounds like the Scarlet Knights have the inside track. Um, Memphis is making a push there. And um, I don't know if Memphis plays dirty or not, but I'm, I'm assuming they're probably selling him on Eddie Lewis and being like, hey, look, look what we did with him. Look what Rutgers did with him. Different regime, obviously, and all that. But um, they are trying to push Rutgers out of that spot for this weekend. But it sounds like he's going to be on, on the banks starting tomorrow. And as soon as he gets to campus um, – it, it sounds like things could trend relatively quickly and we know how that's kind of how it works in the portal uh, nowadays, but this is a, uh, this is big for Rutgers. And I want to go back to what something Greg said um, in his press conference. He said something, I, I don't have the exact wording cause I can't find the article again, but it was something along the lines of like players want to play with other good players basically. And mm-hmm. that was when he was asked about the quarterback. They follow thing. good players. They follow, follow other good players. players. Yep. And I'm not saying like this kid saw Ethan and was like, 
I'm going to go play with him. But potentially they're they're using Ethan as a recruiting tool already. You could kind of say like, hey, look at this kid we have visiting this weekend. He's a former highly ranked kid, started from Minnesota. And now he's going to start for us because we need, well, we need help. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a, it's a portal selling thing. And you just sell guys like that. And now all of a sudden you could have arguably the best FCS receiver I, I don't go as far as saying ever because he has the no. FCS record for single season. Maybe well, not ever, but it was just this. Thing. It was this this season he had the most receiving yeah. yards in 2023. That's not an FCS record. I, I someone said on there's a graphic from Mammoth that says it's a FCS record for single season yards. I'm just saying. Um, I'm not. I don't know if FCS is just trash or not, but like, <laughs> I don't think so. I know. I know that Randy Moss when he played at uh, what's it called when he played at Marshall had a crazier when they were fcs oh yeah um i gotta find that again but someone it said it somewhere um yeah miller holds the fcs record for yards in a single season and yards per game in a single season regardless i mean insane stats 90 receptions for almost 1300 yards and nine touchdowns i think any Rutgers fan would kill for that um easily yeah but uh Mm -hmm. no very very big and i think that this could completely turn around the offense this isn't a guy coming up from D3. Although I did think Jaquay Jackson had some hot, solid potential. This is a guy that's proved it at the FCS level, which is not too far off. I know it's it's not the Big Ten, obviously, but it's not too far off from the FBS level. It's still D1. Jersey guy makes sense. And, and you get a, potentially a new quarterback to go with him, too. So this could be a totally different offense next year because you're still returning dudes, too, like you mentioned. Yeah, a few more details about time here that I forgot. He is the second-ranked uh wide receiver according to pff in terms of pff mm-hmm. grades he had a 92.3 grade on the season which is crazy, crazy. Um, and he was also basically a unanimous first team all-american every uh, fcs all-american team i was able to find he was on it mm-hmm. from yeah. ap to pff to sporting news he was first team all-american so this is a stud and he would be the wide receiver one for Rutgers next year if we land him which sounds like it's trending in the right direction as of now Yes, very good so far. Uh, uh, one more name, right? Technically, or soon, maybe. Yeah, Not confirmed, so, confirmed, but there's a rumor. Uh, yeah, so tell us about who else is supposed to be visiting this weekend from the portal. So Kevin Wigginton, New Jersey guy. Some of you might remember him as that guy that badmouthed Rutgers when he committed to Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Um, different Rutgers, obviously. I uh, started a couple games, I think six or seven last year for Michigan State at guard. Uh, it's, it sounds like he might be making it to campus this weekend, uh, Hun school guys. So it's not too shocking because they've built a hell of a relationship with that school. Um, it doesn't always work out with them, obviously, because they didn't land miles O'Neill or Marco lanes and two quarterbacks that went to Iowa. And, uh, I think Mark or miles O'Neill's connect committed to A&M still got to double check that it doesn't matter, but, uh, yeah, no, I mean, this, this could end up being a commitment too, and it could be a very big weekend for Rutgers considering the, the dead period, like I said, starts Monday. So you got to get these guys on campus and they, they want to commit too. They want to be on their, at their school in January as soon as they can and get ready for spring ball and get and get used to the team. Go with this guy, go work out with this guy and work out with Jay Butler and all that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, this, this could be a potentially very big weekend. And I don't know how to feel about Wigginton for the sole fact that he kind of shit talked Rutgers at one point and he wasn't the greatest player in the world last year. He had his moments. But um, it, it is a Big Ten caliber guard, and you, you need to replace uh, Dunlap on that one side. But I think Felter has that other side locked up completely now. 
Yeah, no, it's uh, Wigginson. I think he had a grade in the high 60s on PFF. Uh, he didn't start every game this season, but he was pretty good for Michigan State. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I trust uh, I trust Pat Flaherty. But after the job he did this year, turning okay. what was basically the same group from last year into from arguably the worst offensive line in the Big Ten to mm-hmm. average is a huge, huge deal um, when you're going against okay. as many ranked teams as Rutgers went against this year, as many good defenses they went against this year. The offensive line was certainly holding their own in terms of uh, allowing offensive production. So if he if he looks at Kevin Wigginson's tape and he sees him in person and he says, I can, you know, this is a starting guard, then let's take him. I'm all for it. Um, we're also hearing there could be some other names on campus this weekend. It sounds like they're trying to get a lot of portal, all, as many portal guys as they're interested in to be on campus this weekend. So we'll have a, a more fleshed out list as those names uh, get uh, confirmed and finalized. Um, but we don't want to tomorrow morning, I think. Yeah. We don't want to put any more names out there with confirming them. So just uh, yeah. want to keep that in the back of your guys' heads as well. And I don't think it's one and done at offensive line either. I know someone actually brought it up to me and they're like, Hey, like actually it's in one of our threads on the board. They're like, Hey, why are they uh, recruiting so many guards and not so many tackles? I was like, it's, it's legit. Like the names we have, it's four and four at each. So they definitely want to tackle too. Mm-hmm. Um, and we knew they wanted to tackle last off season. It's not, they don't trust Tyler Needham, but they probably don't trust Tyler Needham that much. They, they want to get as good as possible via the portal this off season, especially because next year could be a really good year based on the easier schedule than the, the previous one was rough, mm-hmm. but uh, easier schedule. And, and you return a lot of guys. You're returning oh, the yeah. Big Ten's leading rusher. You could potentially have the FCS's leading receiver. Partner that with a new quarterback, um, a new tight end eventually. Um, that's that's one of their main goals too, is to get a tight end via the portal because they don't really have a tight end one right now. Yep. Um, same offensive line, three three offensive linemen. Go add a Wigginton and someone else, and you rebolster that room. The defense is basically entirely back, minus Max Melton. Um, so I mean, yeah, you you have a chance to be really damn good next year. So you need to increase this offensive talent room in, in just about every room, I should say, other than maybe running back. Yeah, and uh, I know you've mentioned it, but keep an eye out for Jalen Travis, the guy from. Princeton, yes. I think he's probably their top tackle target. I know that mm-hmm. uh, he's finishing up schoolwork, so that's yeah. You know, obviously, he's at a ninety. He takes that stuff seriously, so it wouldn't surprise me if uh, Rutgers ended up having him on campus at some point. Obviously, it might not be this weekend, but he's a name to mm-hmm. watch. Yeah, no, for sure, he has a ton of connections to Rutgers. Um, I don't have I said it on the pod before. Yep. I don't think yeah, I you did. did. Yep, I have. Okay, yep. then yeah, you guys already know if you're listening again. But uh, Rich basically recruited him. Connections to one of the strength coaches, and uh, I mean Bob Cerace's son is going to Rutgers too. We could talk about that one. Um, <laughs> so that definitely helps. Um, I think they, yeah, that, that's that's. I feel like I'm missing one, but it, oh, Kirk offered him out of high school. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. Only Power Five offer, so everyone knows him. I'd keep a close eye on him. It wouldn't shock me if he showed up this weekend. Uh, but yeah, that's pretty much. Uh, I think that's pretty much it in terms. Of maybe a tight end too. Who I, I don't think I mentioned yet. Yeah, I know mean, we're targeting tight ends, but, but there's uh, yeah. Justin Jolly, the guy that we've been – or Jolie, I don't know how you pronounce it. Uh, it's a kick in the balls regardless. Yeah, Rutgers didn't pursue him in the portal, it seems, and he just committed to North Carolina State this afternoon. Uh, Jolie – I think his last name is Jolie, so we're going to roll with that. Um, Works for me. He was uh, he went to high school at Iona Prep. 
He was the leading receiver for Johnny Shepard, Johnny's junior year. Then he went to UConn as a freshman All-American. This year, uh, UConn was terrible, and he did not want to have anything more to do with that program. So, uh, Literally came out and said it. (laughs) And, man, NC State has made some moves this offseason. They got... Grayson McCall from Coastal Carolina, one of the top portal quarterbacks. They got got to talk about Craig's comment on that one. Jesus, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't see it. I, I don't. Particularly uh, you didn't care. see it in the group chat. Yeah. Uh, you know how the guy's like, I pissed teal. Oh, that's right. Craig's yes, like, yes, yes. Craig's like, I wonder if he pisses red now, and it's like, geez, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if he does, I hope he goes to see a doctor immediately. <laughs> yeah, um, you're not kidding. So oh. the, there is one more portal name that entered recently that Rutgers recruited out of high school, um, had some success, and is now uh, looking for a new home. That's Tulane tight end uh, Alex Bowman or Bauman. Oh, uh, yes, Redman is, Catholic. Yep. Is is Rutgers pursuing him or is TBD at this at this point? It sounds like there's like a little interest. Um, there's there's a couple other guys I keep naming that have interest in, but they haven't offered him specifically yet. So I, I try not to talk too much about him just because it doesn't seem like they're really kicking the tires too much. But um, I think he definitely shows some interest. I, I don't know how good of a blocker he was at Tulane. Um, I know he was more of a receiver guy out of high school. I think he put up like two or 300 yards last year uh, with the, the green wave. He had the game-winning touchdown in the right against USC, yep. Yeah, that was big. And then, you know who kicked that extra point? Yeah. Valentino Ambrosio. Yeah, the origin. The the origin, Paisano. (laughs) (laughs) And he he made sure that – I think they played high school football together, right, him and Tommy? Yeah, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think he went to Bosco, but uh, he's – he put up something funny this weekend. It was like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, from the person who did it first and he had the, uh, yeah. The something thing. Hilarious. Oh yeah. God. Imagine Tommy at rockers. Oh, my dream. You know, rich, he might be having success in the NFL, but I don't think he's good enough to play in the big 10. You're right. ACC is <laughs> a totally different level. Oh, I mean, he did play in the big 10. Uh, yeah, he did. And he had success. That's wild. Uh, yeah, it's crazy how that works, right? Um, yeah. I, I, real quick, I wanted to go back to, um, I know you had that whole potential like transfer portal targets ar- article. Mm-hmm. How you hit like, I, I got to pat you on the back a little bit. You hit like on 85, 90% of them entering the portal. I mean, that's just the way things go. These guys, especially if they're junior, like for, for one, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of Ivy League guys there. So they can't, True. if they do redshirt, they can't access that additional year of eligibility because they don't mm-hmm. have red shirts in the Ivies. Uh, the Ivies True. also didn't play in 2020. And so uh, they a lot of them have an extra year of eligibility anyway. So mm-hmm. that was kind of easy between like Thor Griffin, who's now at Louisville. Uh, yeah. Joey Slackman. They did pretty well in the portal too. Dude, they're cleaning up. Um, yeah. Joey Slackman, who has not, uh, he's not picked a destination yet, but he could basically go anywhere he wants. Uh, 30 it, something. It's just easy to kind of point and shoot with that kind of stuff because if a guy is a top 10 PFF grade at his position and he's, mm-hmm. you know, a senior at an Ivy with an extra year of eligibility, you can kind of guess where he's going to, what he's going to do. Uh, it's probably yeah. going to no. make some NIL money. Um, I do want to talk about impressive. philosophically um, why so many guys are returning to college versus entering the NFL and why There's we've seen such a paradigm change. <laughs> Yeah, so if you think about it, the only way these guys could previously make money playing football was going to the NFL. And so they were all, as soon as they could, as soon as they felt their stock was highest or you know was at a certain level, they would enter the NFL. Um, 
And a lot of these guys would enter the NFL having grades of a late round pick or an undrafted guy because they're like, okay, I'll just, you know, be undrafted. I'll stick with the team. This is my shot. Now you got a guy like Kyle Manungai who probably got an evaluation and had something like that because he's not the biggest guy in the world. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he's the guy who does all the dirty work and does all the little things that you want to see out of a running back, right? He probably got a late round grade or an undrafted grade. And when you're in, when you're a late round pick or an undrafted guy, you're basically, your contract is, has basically no guarantees. You have a signing bonus and whatever your signing bonus is, is the extent of your your guarantees. So if you're looking at that, you got to roll the dice and hope that you get drafted or hope you, you know, you get X amount of dollars in a signing bonus, or you can sign an NIL deal, stay another year in college, have these opportunities. Like the Big Ten leading rusher in New York City, he's going to have NIL opportunities that few Rutgers guys have probably had since NIL has been a thing in terms of like on the gridiron. So oh, I, doubt. I, I truly think that he is making a good financial decision. Even though I said the opposite last time, the more I've thought about it, the more I've kind of Listen to other the people. Flopper. I I think you know I <laughs> I don't I'm I don't just kidding I'm just fucking with you. But I think there's like a general aversion to changing your mind on things when new information is presented to you. That's just called learning. Like if you're not constantly reevaluating what you think and trying to see if you're right on certain things or wrong, like I was, I think he's making a good financial decision. Plus, he might not want to leave. He might he might really love college. So, so expectations could change. Expectations like could mid, change mid-season. mid-season with new data and information <laughs> presented to you. Um, but that's, I think, why you're seeing all these guys come back because it's like the bird in the hand versus two in the bush. Like if I know I can get X amount of dollars through an NIL deal and play another year of college football, the NFL will be there. But it might be the same amount of money they were potentially looking at as you know an undrafted free agent, the signing bonus of X amount of dollars. Like That's less than what I'd be getting at Rutgers. Might as well stay another year, see if <clears> I can <throat> elevate my stock and become a guy that's, you know, bumped up a round or two in my evaluation. So that, I just wanted to put that out there because a lot of guys came back for Rutgers. And it's this is something that five years ago would never have happened. So, yeah, no, it's it's huge. Man. And it, they're not done yet, technically, because I know um, we're still waiting on two decisions or three, mm-hmm. if you count um, Igbenosin, too. Sounds like Igbenosin isn't just going to put anything out. Sounds like he's returning um, longer beam. I heard that he doesn't, he's not a big like social media like this and that. Uh, he did quote tweet Greg's contract extension yesterday and said, my man or something like that. So mm-hmm. you guys can calm your nerves about the Fran Brown stuff because Fran recruited him here, yada, yada, yada. Uh, so I think he returns. And then Flip Dixon is a true 50 50 right now. I think he's the only one we're really waiting on. He has NFL potential. He has legitimate draft stock now. If you asked me this before the season, he had some maybe. Now he's got a lot more. And uh, based on Greg's ability to put guys in the NFL over the past couple of years, like we always use Pacheco as an example for Manangai. We could use Trey Avery, Christian Braswell for, um, for Flip Dixon. I know obviously not a corner, but still a defensive back. And they, they know how to, they know how to <laughs> produce defensive backs and develop them too. So um, I definitely keep an eye out. I really don't know which way that one's going to go. Yeah. I really hope he comes back because at times he looked like the best player on our defense this year. So oh, yeah. Flip Dixon would uh, be a huge addition to an already formidable defense. Um, could we have one of the best two or three defenses in the Big Ten next year? Because we're not done. We're still potentially yeah. bringing some guys uh, in from the portal too. 
So I think it depends on the interior pass rush. Yes. Because if you get a guy like Anthony Johnson, I think he's going to help a ton. I know he's not built like Isaiah Eaton, but he's produced more at a different level. So, I mean, like if you put Eaton at Youngstown State, is he doing what he does? I don't know. Cause like he, Anthony Johnson had two sacks in three games against uh, power five opponents. So it's like, it's not unheard of. Yeah. Or the unlikely circumstance where Joey Slackman shows you, you know, some I mean, interest. Like, yeah, of course. Some, dude, somebody like him, him plugged in the him, middle. Give him a bag. It doesn't matter what it is. <laughs> Just give it to him. Yeah. No, I, man, uh, I'm excited for next year's team. Uh, regardless of what else happens. We have so many guys coming back that uh, I didn't think would come back. So, and there's no Michigan. There's no Penn State. There's no Ohio State. Yep. Like it, it's it's fucking beautiful. <laughs> Got UCLA with a, a lame duck coach and Dante Moore who left. USC in mm-hmm. you know turmoil with no Caleb Williams. Want to fire him? Like <laughs> no Michael Penix in at Washington. Um, Mind you, a good defense, but besides the point. Yeah. No. There's uh, there's a lot of reasons to be uh, bullish on Rutgers next year for sure. I mean, Howard Akron, I'm just going through it real quick. Virginia Tech, you already beat. That's a tough environment, though. Mm-hmm. Um, Washington, you said Nebraska might have a freshman quarterback. Yep. Um, Wisconsin, I don't know what the fuck they're doing in the portal. It looks like they're lost. Um, they just UCLA, landed a quarterback, didn't they? Uh, they did. Oh, Tyler Van Dyke. Yeah, they got Tyler Van Dyke after landing Who two I- quarterbacks last year. They got Tanner Mordecai. And March got- 2.0. Yeah, they got Nick Ewers last year as well, who was a high-ranked guy yeah. from Oklahoma. Um, a lot of confidence, right? I mean, <laughs> look at how many programs just do all of their quarter or do all their quarterback recruiting from the portal. It's Oregon has a new guy every year. You have Wisconsin has a new guy every year through the portal. It's becoming more and more like certain programs are just built to go through the portal exclusively at certain positions now. It seems. Yeah. And um, real quick, I just got to update. Uh, it doesn't look like Jalen Travis from Princeton will be visiting this weekend. He also cannot early enroll. So he's going to be, like I said, very patient with the whole process. So I uh, expect him to take some visits in January, probably. Maybe even later. Now, nah, probably just January, if I had to guess. But yeah, throw that out there. Interesting. But he's the kind of guy that, you know, you wait. The, you wait. And also, the strength training program doesn't really. Uh, isn't as needed as much as a guy like an 18 year old coming in from high school, you know, you can pretty reliably expect an 18 year old not to be able to contribute. Uh, if he's coming in as a summer entrant, unless he's just a you know, Travis Hunter level freak, but most, most of the high schoolers aren't ready. Um, in general, even if they do enroll early. So I wouldn't be concerned if we do land a guy like Jalen Travis of him not enrolling early, honestly. No, I mean, I'm plus it. I mean, his strength and conditioning coach for three years is currently Rutgers assistant strength and conditioning. So I think he's probably okay, but that's just me. Yep, hundred um, percent. Is there anything you wanted to hit on before we head out today that we didn't One touch? Thing, high high school recruiting. Um, this is kind of a mixed bag of stuff. Uh, Benjamin Black's the only one we're really keeping a close eye on. I, NC State is pushing still to try to get him on campus this weekend. They're recruiting as a cornerback. He wants to play wide receiver. He's committed to Rutgers as a wide receiver. Um, sounds like Rutgers has the inside track to keep him. Um, Carter Cadeau, the offensive tackle from Wisconsin, who's a converted tight end, I think tight end quarterback. I forget. Tight end, I think. Um, he will be on campus this weekend for his official visit. 
Uh, we mentioned the other transfer portal visitors. There's also going to be a couple underclassmen. I heard the Hunt School sending a couple people. So obviously keep an eye out for Kevin Wingington. Ha ha ha. Wink, wink. Um, so keep an eye out for that. Caden Brown uh, has, has an update. Not a good update. Bad update. Um, going to take a visit up to uh, the Big North, a.k.a. Canada, a.k.a. Syracuse. Um, so Beyond he will wall. be. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, <laughs> that, that would be a great graphic. Yeah, just um, like a, you know, a picture of like a bunch of feral the, children running around. Dude, it makes so much mm-hmm. sense. The Night's Watch, the mm-hmm. wall. Like, yep. Oh, you're on to something here. Somebody, uh, uh, they really dirty. Are you get on that? Uh, on that edit, you really want to? That would be great. Mm-hmm. Imagine Greg at the top of the wall, <laughs> <laughs> he's watching over. Oh, dude. Anyway, that would be awesome. But yeah, he's going to visit Syracuse this weekend, and uh, there's a certain other Rutgers legacy guy that's supposedly going there too. But that's neither here nor there yep because he's not gonna end up here and he's probably gonna end up there so yeah it is what it is that's a good way to put it so yeah that's uh that's pretty much it no, no, nothing really else is really going on the high school is done for the most part maybe they'll sneak a guy on campus this weekend because greg's notably notable for sneaking <laughs> random visitors on campus right before signing day and then signing day hits and it's like oh yeah he was on campus friday and it's like oh cool yeah but Anyway, kids, uh, kids like to post everything on social media, so that helps, and I'm pretty good at that. So if, if you see something, say something. Mm-hmm. DM it to me. Yeah, that's across the board. Uh, Richie yeah. is like a hawk on social media, but is only uh, he's only got two eyes and two two thumbs, so it's tough to see everything. Yeah. I don't sleep either. That doesn't <laughs> help, but don't sleep. Girlfriend yells at me. I'm on the phone at dinner. I'm like, no, you don't understand. This kid's going live right now. Mm-hmm. I'm like. It's nothing. It's literally just him <laughs> hanging out with buddies, but I have to watch. Hold on. He might say something. Yeah. 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 But. So anyway, we went too, too long, too far. That's nah, all good. I thought this, uh, even though we, we talked about <clears throat> Ethan yesterday with, with Tony, which was great. Uh, I want to thank him again. Yeah. Um, there was more was awesome. stuff that came through today. So we had to, we had to hop back on here and I thought a lot of the, uh, the stuff that was talked about at the presser and through the extensions were, uh, were really important too so there might be more pods yeah. this week there might not this is kind of a, a dead time for, in the sports calendar um the basketball team is only playing once a week now until the beginning of uh the new year they play uh yeah they play liu this weekend i believe who is no, uh wait is it i thought it was stonehill it might be stonehill yeah you're right uh regardless uh the two teams that sandwich the mississippi state game are in the three the, the low fuck you're right the low 300s um, i'm wrong well I suck. So they play LIU. Uh, LIU is not very good. I think they have one win on the season. Rutgers uh, should just trounce them. Uh, If they don't win by 30 plus, then something probably went wrong and our net will take a hit because of it. Um, Yeah, I was going to say, did you see Danny's uh, tweet or quote tweet before? Mm -hmm, About hacking Um, the net. Yeah, Yeah. basically, if you beat the shit out of a a lower opponent, like you're you're going up significantly. So they better kick the shit out of them. (laughs) The uh, the caveat is if you're like Northwestern and you lose to a three and nine Chicago State at home, you're going to send your net off a cliff. So yeah, kind of crazy. Net net ranking still makes no sense to me, but that's besides the point. Um, yeah, we'll we'll see what they uh, what they can do Saturday. I think they should be able to dominate, but again, I don't know. This team confuses the shit out of me. <laughs> I I do think that Watt Mag is. Uh, you know, the Very super glue that holds all the, the fragments yeah. and pieces together. So I am excited to see uh, game two with him on the court again. Uh, yeah. 
And oh yeah, Definitely how do we forget about more this? Playing time. Um, oh yeah, I know what you're going to say. Jeremiah Williams. There was a uh, a decision made in the NCAA case uh, for multi-year or multi uh, two-time transfer. The two-time transfer rule was ruled uh, mm-hmm. illegal, and so there's a 14-day uh, TRO um, that's been in place. And so I think you can now file for an appeal or file to reinstate for reinstatement. Correct. Now there's some loopholes there too, because he doesn't have just that. He's got another issue he's worried about. Mm-hmm. He did accept a plea deal for the gambling thing. And according to, um, this is Jerry Carino's tweet. <coughs> he, uh, technically needs to figure out what the NCAA is going to do there. It sounds like the best case scenario is he gets a little bit of a suspension this season. And it's like, just take it this season maybe even have a little bit of leeway to play towards the end of the season. And if that's the case, great. It does sound like there still will be some type of suspension because I think he did end up gambling on his own team at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not 100% sure if that's that's correct or not. But, uh, yeah, it does sound like the NCAA will, will at least do the very minimum. But it does sound like they, they don't really care about the gambling as- aspect either. So who knows? Maybe they'll – be really nice for a change. Have they ever in the history of anything? No. So particularly towards Rutgers, we have not gotten any breaks in terms of the NCAA. So, but yeah. if you do find a way to get Jeremiah Williams on the court this year, I mean, you've said it. I've heard a lot of people say it. He was the best player on the court in terms of uh, the offseason yeah. work. Uh, he's a great two-way player. You get him on this team uh, as you know, one of my favorite shows, uh, Rest of Development said, you know, you got a stew going, baby. You get him in there, we might be a much better team than any of us could have expected. This is a guy we were kind of just counting on not having this year. And it's basically yeah. like taking what, if you had your best player who wasn't playing, I mean, you can expect to be better. So, um, I know people are asking too, like, are you sure they're going to let him play? And I'm like, dude, if he's allowed to play, I can promise you for a fact after talking to people yesterday and today, that he's, he's playing. Yeah. Like, He's your starting guard, probably. Yep. So super excited uh, for the prospect of him returning because it, it would be awesome if he was a veteran presence next year when Ace mm-hmm. and Dylan are here and not kind of like learning, you know, not not playing for the first time in two or three years uh, yeah. on the court next year. So stay tuned He's to that huge. situation because I expect uh, – I, I honestly at this point expect him to play at some point this year based on everything I've heard. I, I think so too. We will see. Uh, so we went a little bit longer even than we expected uh, 10 minutes ago in the pod, but I think it's worthwhile. Yep, kept going. But thanks for ev- to everyone who's listened, uh, who's rated, reviewed. If you haven't already, I mean, you've listened to this pod for a while. I'm not sure really what you're looking for, what you're, what you're waiting for. Uh, it's Slacking. the smallest thing you can do for us other than joining TKR. Uh, you've seen a lot of people who have taken you up on those promos too, so. Yes. I mean, I'll keep saying it. TKR 30, um, sign up now Free 30 days. And uh, like we said before, this is the transfer portal season. High school recruiting ends next week with signing day. There's going to be a ton of content. Uh, still got to figure out the signing day stuff. Um, I, I wasn't sure what you want to do there, but we'll, we'll kind of, we'll figure something out. We're not going to do like a Scott Hansen type thing. Cause that's pretty cool. But, mm-hmm. um, I also don't have the voice of Scott Hansen <laughs> background or anything. I might have a, just as big a, a viewership maybe no probably, probably not just <laughs> probably kidding not. completely but uh yeah um yeah we'll figure something out for signing day but uh definitely stay tuned for that yep uh 
I, I know that there's not much going on in terms of the sports calendar, but in terms of the actual uh, machinations behind the scenes, there's a ton going on. Mm-hmm. So uh, oh, yeah. if you want to have everything, if you want to basically have your finger on the pulse of Rutgers sports, you need to be a part of TKR. Um, so I mean, broken news how many times this month? I mean, you, we're breaking it now with the Dimir Miller stuff. It's already on the board. There you go. This is the first time one. anybody's yeah. talking about it. Um, getting bored. Getting bored. Yeah. <laughs> You're just winning too much. Uh, anyway, I'm not even going to go yeah, there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but for me and Richie, this has been another edition of the Nick Podcast. Signing Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.